All right, we are going to be continuing on tonight in Revelation. We are going to be starting chapter 3 tonight. I mean, uh, Galatian, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so used to saying that that I have to watch myself. I do that about every, every other week or so, it seems like. All right. We will be in Galatians tonight. Galatians chapter 3. Hmm? Oh, it's chapter 3. I got it all the way, I got it wrong all the way around. It says chapter 4 on the thing, but that was a misprint. I had the wrong key. It's not been a good a good day or, or obviously a good night. So um, just bear with me and we're going to make it through. It is Galatians chapter 3. Regardless of if I said Revelation and put chapter 4 on the board. So, I hope that the Word of God is better than my presentation up to this point. So we're going to pray, and then we'll dig in. God, I come to you tonight, and I pray that you would just be with us as we get into your Word, dear Lord. I pray that you would strengthen me to preach and teach accurately tonight, God. Just like the song that we sang, dear Lord, I kind of feel like I'm in a... A desert place, God. I, I'm just not super excited, dear Lord, to be here tonight. Just kind of feel down, dear Lord, if I'm honest. And so I pray that you would just uh, lift me up to to speak your word tonight. That you would uh, lift each one here up, God. It is a it is a joy to get to come into your house. It does make uh, my day better, and hopefully everyone's day better to get to come and and be with brothers and sisters in Christ, dear Lord. It it makes us feel good to come and and smile and laugh, dear Lord. And so I pray that you would be with us, God, that you would uh, just speak through me tonight, God, that you would help, help your word to make sense, that I wouldn't make it confusing or just uh, ramble on for things that's not going to be beneficial for anyone, but God, that your Holy Spirit, through your word, uh, would speak in a mighty way to us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, the first five verses tonight. We'll read through them and then we'll talk about them. You foolish Galatians, who has hypnotized you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now going to be made complete? by the flesh, did you suffer so much for nothing, if in fact it was for nothing? So then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? So, last week on the hills of what we talked about, what we saw was Paul making a case. And I'll read that verse for you again tonight at the end of Galatians chapter 2. It says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Now, Paul is, is kind of being extreme there. Obviously, Paul is not saying that Christ died for nothing, but he's making a point. Look, you're not made righteous by the law. You're made righteous by faith 
in Jesus Christ. And he is building upon that point that we talked about last week in the text tonight. Now one thing that's interesting about this text tonight is after those first few words are uttered, everything else he asks is a question to the Galatians. He asks them some questions that should be rhetorical. That is, they should know the answer to these questions and it should grab a hold of them and help them to understand the error of their ways, how they have been misled or how they have been deceived so that they can get their focus back on Jesus Christ and they can get back on the right track. And so he gets their attention. He says, you foolish Galatians. Now that's pretty strong words, right? When you, when you call somebody out like that, whether you use the word foolish or whatever it may be, it's got an exclamation point in my Bible, maybe in yours too. He's saying that. Uh, he, he's calling them foolish. He's calling them out because they're living foolishly because they have heard God's good word. They have heard about Jesus Christ. They know the good news. They have been taught the good news. And now people are coming and teaching them different from what they had been taught and is opposing to God's word. It is giving Jesus a back seat and putting these laws and these burdens of all these traditions and things that the people were trying to put on the Galatians. It's giving those the front seat and kind of Jesus is just there in the background. And Paul is saying, look, you guys are foolish. You guys are foolish because you're so quickly turning away from what truth is to these things that have led you astray, to these things that have deceived you. He goes on to ask the first question. Who has hypnotized you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified? Now, he's asking them a question here because the, the, the point being is that the people of Galatia, they knew the truth. They had heard about Jesus Christ and it appears as though they had accepted that truth and were at some point in time living in it. And now it says someone has hypnotize them. Now your word, your Bible may use a, a different word for that hypnotize, but someone had kind of kind of pulled one over on them. It's not that somebody had come in there in front of them and dangled a string back and forth and they watched it and all of a sudden they said, Jesus is not the Messiah. That's not what he's talking about when he says hypnotize. But somebody had come in maybe talking good words or, or, or pointing something out and making it sound good and sound like the right way and it had caused them to be fooled. It had caused them to be deceived. Now, deception is something that, that, that we as Christians have to watch out for too. Because it is, not, it is not out of the realm of possibility that we will come into contact with people in our life that will try to deceive us. That there will be a mixture of truth in there, but it won't be all true. And there will be some lies mixed in there that will get us off track. And that is what had happened here. The people had been hypnotized. They had been deceived. They weren't aware of what was going on. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, but I don't know if you've ever seen a good magician before, but that's something pretty cool to see. We watched this America's Got Talent. Some of y'all may watch it. And there are some magicians on there, and they blow my mind because I'm watching them. You know, I got my, I'm looking close because I'm like, I'm finna see how they do it. And I can't ever see how they do it. And I'll watch videos on YouTube, and boy, these magicians, I'll be watching them so close, and I can't see, even in real life, I'll see them maybe down in New Orleans on the street. And they do things, and it appears as though one thing is happening. But I know that that can't be true. I know that there's no such thing as magic, but they are so quick, and the deception is so good, you don't notice that it's taking place. And that's kind of what we have to be aware of in our Christian life, not people doing magic, but, but people who may come in and teach something, 
And it may seem as though everything is on the up and up, but what we don't realize is the little deception in there. A good example of that, I don't know if you guys remember this, back in 1997 it was, I believe, the Haley Bop Comet group called Heaven's Gate. There was this guy who had convinced all of these people that there was a spaceship following the Haley Bop Comet, and the only way that they could make it to this spaceship, which was going to take them from this life, was to kill themselves. And this guy had been deceiving these people for years. He quoted some scripture. They very much believed the Bible, but they misinterpreted it. They used it wrong, and so there was an element of truth in there, but it was deception, and it got these people so far off track. And that's what was taking place with the people of Galatia. There was some deception there that was getting the focus off of Jesus, and it was putting it on some other action that had to be done so that they could receive that salvation and be in God's good graces, so to speak. And so Paul's asking them, look, you have seen and you know Christ. Who has deceived you? Who's hypnotized you? Verse 2, I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? So this is a good question. This is a question that we can answer too. So what had happened was, right, they were trying to do works. They were trying to follow the law. And so Paul called them out. He said, all right, answer this question. Did you receive the Spirit? That is the Holy Spirit. Did you receive salvation? Were you saved because you did enough works in the law? Or were you saved because of your faith? I only want to know this from you. Did you receive the Spirit from works of the law or by hearing with faith? Now, I could ask you guys the same question. And I would say that I would hope that nobody in here would think that they have received the, uh, received, uh, the Holy Spirit by, by doing works. Because I don't know of anybody in this world that all of a sudden they just do good works, do good works, until one day the Holy Spirit comes upon them and says, you have done enough good works, now you can accept Jesus. No, that's not how it works, right? What happens? We hear God's Word preached. We hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached, and we hear that we are sinners. We begin to see that as we study God's Word. We begin to see that we are sinners. We begin to see that we need a Savior. We begin to see that Jesus was that Savior, and lo and behold, the Holy Spirit convicts us, and that moves us to have faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul is saying, look, were you saved by your works? No, none of these people who have ever accepted Christ. No Christian has ever been led to accept Christ by their works. It's been because of their sinfulness, their need for a Savior, and by their faith that they had in Jesus Christ. That's what makes us a Christian. And so Paul is asking them a simple question. And the answer to that is no. We do not receive uh, that, that grace by our works. We don't receive the Holy Spirit by our works, but only through our faith in Jesus Christ. Are you so foolish... After beginning with the Spirit, now they had started off on the right track. Again, he's calling them foolish again. He's calling them out. He said, look, you started on the right track. Are you so <clears throat> foolish after beginning with the Spirit, are you now going to be made complete by the flesh? So Paul's saying, look, all of a sudden Jesus has come in. He's transformed your life. You're a Christian now. And now all of a sudden you're just going to throw that to the side. You're going to abandon that and you're going to try to be made complete by doing works of the flesh. In other words, saying what Jesus did was not good enough. Now, we know that's not the case. 
And sometimes we may be guilty of the same thing. Sometimes, maybe in our sinfulness, we do things, we're disobedient, we're sinful toward God, and we get convicted of that, and we have an attitude, maybe in our mind or in our heart, that we think, I need to do a lot better work, I need to do better so God can forgive me. But God's Word never tells us that we need to go and do more work so that God will forgive us. God's Word says that if we are living in sin, that we need to repent of that. It's not that we are going to work our way back into God's favor because what Jesus Christ did on the cross was all that was necessary and that was enough. And so when we sin, we aren't to keep living in sin and keep doing unfruitful works that God doesn't want us to do. But if we're living in sin, we are to repent and go back to the cross and say, Jesus, I have, I have strayed away. I haven't done right. I've been living in sin. I come back to you. Forgive me of that. I repent of that. And Paul's calling the people out here saying, look, you started off on the right track. You were saved by faith and you had the Holy Spirit and now you're trying to work everything out in the flesh. That's not the way it goes. That's not what God calls us to do. Going on a little further in verse 4. Did you suffer so much for nothing if in fact it was for nothing? Now one thing that was pretty common in the early church with people who were Christians is it was not all just a bed of roses. It was not a good time for Christians in the early church. And I know we see uh, that, that Christianity and is, 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 is a tough thing in many parts of the world today and that Christians all over the world are being persecuted, and that's nothing new. That was happening uh, all throughout the early church. There were many early Christians who gave their life because they would not deny Jesus Christ. They took that stand. And it is likely that what Paul is talking about here is that these people who had accepted Christ and were living for Christ, they had probably suffered some. And Paul was saying, what was that for? It was all for nothing. You're just going to be done with all that. You're just going to throw all that away and say, well, we're glad, we're, I'm glad Christ saved me, but now I'm going to finish it up and I'm going to do it on my own. So Paul is calling them out here saying, look, you need to have your faith and your trust in Jesus and do not be deceived and led astray by these teachings that you're being taught. Verse 5, So then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Now does God bless us and use us for His kingdom and for His glory, because we all follow His law to the T, and we are all so good and such faithful and obedient servants? Absolutely not. If that was the only way that God would ever work through us, it's bad news, because God would never be able to work through us. But God does work through us because of our faith. Even though He knows that sometimes we still sin, that we are not living perfect, that's not an excuse to keep sinning. We repent of our sin and we strive to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ through our faith in Jesus Christ. And then God will bless and use us. And maybe these questions that Paul asked the people of Galatia are good questions for us to answer. Good questions to keep us on track to make sure that we are not being led astray. To make sure that we are not being deceived. To make sure that someone or the devil through some demonic means maybe has tempted us to make us think that we need to do something on our own to earn our salvation, to work, our, work out our salvation. What we need never forget, church, is that Jesus is enough. 
And I know I say that all the time, and I preached a sermon on it just a few weeks ago under that same title if you want to go back and listen to it online. But Jesus is enough, and that is what Paul is trying to get through to the people all throughout this book of Galatians. And we are going to see that more in the next week or two as we look at Abraham and we look at that it's all about faith. It's always been about faith. And so let us have faith in Jesus Christ, not in our works, but in his works. And have faith that he is with us and have faith that, look, even though we get off track, we're going to come back to him and we're going to trust in him and we're not going to try to do it on our own, but we're going to trust and have faith in what he did for us. Let's pray. God, I come to you tonight. I thank you for this good text and these questions that uh, your word gives us. God, help us not to fall into those traps of, of deception. Help us not to be hypnotized, as your word would say, uh, by false teachings, to be led astray, to uh, think too much of, of, of works and think too little of Jesus, God. We don't want to be guilty of that, and maybe sometimes we are. So help us to grow in you, dear Lord, to grow in Jesus, to trust in Jesus, that every situation that we go through, especially the tough ones and the bad ones, that we don't uh, lose our focus, that you are with us that we don't forget that you are our strength, dear Lord, and you are our comfort. And so I pray that you just would bless the reading of your word tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.